Welcome to Awake, the bugle call, Reveille. It's the U.S. Army's call to wake up, get ready to face the day, and to prepare for battle. God's clarion call is in Ephesians 5.14. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This call is to Christians who are spiritually asleep and therefore resemble the spiritually dead. The call is to wake up and receive light or revelation from God. The purpose and goal of Awake is to equip you to be an overcomer in the last days, the time immediately prior to the return of Jesus for his church. Ephesians 6, 16-17 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now here is Bill Backaby with a faith lesson for you from the Word of God. Hello, this is Bill Backaby. Welcome to Awake. Today I want to talk about something near and dear to God's heart, that is the church. Our text is Matthew sixteen eighteen, And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus called Peter a rock, a boulder, but he said that he would build his church on a massive rock. Think Rock of Gibraltar, think Mount Everest. Jesus used two different Greek words. Actually, he said he would build his church on the same type of rock as mentioned in Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 and 25. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. This passage is significant for another reason. It talks about a man, Jesus Christ, building his house, the church, on a rock, like unto the rock of Gibraltar or Mount Everest. And it identifies the rock as the word of God, implying that the word of God is as solid, actually more solid, and unshakable than Mount Everest is shakable. Let's define the church. The Greek word translated as church in the original New Testament is ekklesia, a calling out. That is concretely a popular meeting, especially a religious congregation of a Jewish synagogue or Christian community of members on earth or saints in heaven or both. It's translated assembly or church. Although the Greek word was used to describe members of a synagogue, the word Church does not appear in the Old Testament. Church strictly applies to New Testament Christians. Acts 16, verse 31. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. The Greek word used for house in Matthew 7, 24 and 25 is the same Greek word used for household in Acts 16, 31. Therefore, I conclude that when Jesus said he will build his church or his house on the rock, he was actually saying he would build his family on the rock, 
and that is actually on the rock of revelation knowledge of the word of God. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. The moment you were born again, you became a member of the family of God, an adopted brother or sister of Jesus Christ. By the way, the word adopted doesn't make you a second-class citizen. It makes you a first-class citizen. No more riding in the back of the airplane, cabin class, so to speak. So the church is the family of God, both here on earth and also in heaven. Ephesians 1, to 23 And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The Bible also clearly defines the church as the body of Christ, or the body of the anointed one, Jesus of Nazareth. In other words, the church, composed of individual members, comprises the hands, the arms, the legs, the eyes, the feet, the mouth, and the heart of Jesus of Nazareth here on earth. So what does the church supposed to do? Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Surprise! God doesn't need us in heaven, at least not yet. Where he needs us is here on earth. Matthew 9, 37-38 Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. As we've discussed previously, God wants a huge family. How big? Only God knows. He has an infinite capacity for love. Jesus can't do the job. He's in heaven and the harvest is on earth. He's delegated the job to us. The work of Jesus Christ, the work of the kingdom of God, which is another name for the church, can't be done by an individual alone. Just as a great quarterback cannot defeat an opposing team by himself, or a great basketball player cannot by himself defeat an opposing team, they need a team to help. The church must organize into teams. Jesus started by assembling a team. His team was the 12 apostles. Paul started with a partner named Barnabas and ended up with a team. God wants you on a team. What we've learned is that God wants us, the church, to work in his harvest. We're to do good works and God wants us on a team. The good works that we're to do are the works of Jesus. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. What are the works of Jesus? There were basically five types of activities that Jesus did. He prayed, 
This was the basis of his inspiration, wisdom, knowledge, and power. He preached. He proclaimed the gospel. Simply, he had come to set the captives free from the bondage of Satan and sin. He taught. He instructed people how to live successfully and abundantly in God's economy. He delivered. He set people free from the influence of demonic spirits. Yes, there is such a thing as demons. Jesus believed demons exist, so it must be so. He healed. He cured people of their diseases and injuries. Finally, he worked miracles. When the obstacles wouldn't move any other way, he did a miracle. What we call modern miracles are not actual miracles, but are marvels of science and invention. An actual miracle is a contravention of what we know as the laws of science. Multiplying bread and fish was a miracle. Turning water to wine and walking on the water were miracles. Raising the dead is a combination of healing, working of miracles, and supernatural faith. So what is it that the church and its members are supposed to do? Simply pray, preach, teach, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, and when necessary, perform miracles. What are you supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? We're supposed to get involved. God did not call Christians to be loners. He called them to be part of the church and to get to work during the works of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 18. For as the body is one and has many members, so all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, and so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For, in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. This is a long passage, but it's a basic message is that you, yes you, the listener, were recreated to fill a particular role in the church, the family of God, the body of Christ. What role? That's for you to find out. As I often say, if you've ever driven a vehicle without power steering, it's hard to turn the steering wheel when the vehicle is parked but much easier when it's moving. What's the point? Get moving so God can guide you. Join a local church. All local churches have member needs to fill. Preachers, shepherds, teachers, helpers, worshipers, and prayers. The work of the local church is to evangelize, that is to get people born again, to feed them spiritually, to equip them to do the work of the ministry, and finally, to send them out into the mission field. Someplace in that list, 
is a position and a mission, a life purpose for you. The poet Henry David Thoreau said, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. The poet was saying that most people live lives that end without any eternal significance. That's not what God created you for. You will find your eternal significance only by being born again and becoming a productive member of the Church of God. I'm going to talk about myself for a while. At age 13, I was attending a Lutheran church under protest. I was compelled to do so by my father who didn't attend church himself. He just wanted his associates to know that he was raising his kids right. One Sunday morning, I looked up at the pulpit and saw a vision of myself preaching. I told God that he'd made a mistake. In the Lutheran church, sometimes a portion of the liturgy is chanted, and I knew I couldn't do that. I was known as an extremely poor singer. I ran from God for 25 years, but he chased me down and brought me into a situation where I had to cry out for his help. I was instantly saved and filled with his spirit. I had a great desire to learn more and grow in the things of God. In the process, I was sent to Iran as a military advisor. While in Iran, I was given an opportunity to learn evangelism, or soul winning, as many call it. I started out as a student and ended up as the instructor before the class was finished. I learned soul winning skills that have served me well for over 40 years. My primary ministry is teaching, but soul winning is always present alongside of it. I have led hundreds to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I don't think that a year has passed that I haven't helped someone find salvation in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Eventually, I did answer the call to the pastorate that I had received in the Lutheran Church, not as a Lutheran, but as a Pentecostal. I went to Bible college to be trained, pioneered a church, and pastored for 35 years. My greatest satisfaction from pastoring is that I can count at least 20 persons who have gone into full-time ministry after sitting under my teaching. I recently learned that both the sons of one of my earliest sheep, one of my parishioners, are now both pastoring churches. These people who are in ministry and those whom I have helped lead to the Lord are my eternal legacy. Although I have been frustrated, disappointed, and discouraged, I have not led a life of quiet desperation. My life has made and will continue to make an eternal difference. Your life also can make an eternal difference. The only way you can do that is through Jesus Christ and his body, the church. John 15:5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. We all know that there are things that you can do, perhaps even great things in the eyes of men. But Jesus is talking about things in the eyes of God. 
things of eternal significance. Jesus said, you can't do anything of eternal significance without him. How do you do that? Become a member of a local church and get involved. Do something for God the Father by working the works of Jesus. What kind of a church should I join? Should I go to? A Bible-believing church. A church that believes the Bible is true and that it is not just a collection of myths and stories, but a true record of God's past and present dealing with mankind. A soul-winning church. A church where non-believers become converted to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. A missionary-minded church. A church that supports and sends missionaries to foreign countries and unreached people groups. This could include Native American reservations. A church that puts people, the saints, to work in the ministry and trains the people for their positions. It takes a trained and efficient team to meet the spiritual and physical needs of a community, especially the needs of the lost. Hopefully, a supernatural church, a church that believes that healing and miracles have not passed away because they haven't, and believes for and experiences healings and miracles regularly. When you find a church, join it and support it financially. It takes finances to build God's kingdom on earth. I know that I'm hitting you in a sore spot, your pocketbook, but let's look at what God says about it. Malachi 3, 8-12. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. You need to realize that God is your ultimate source. Everything you have is a gift from him. Show some gratitude by supporting his family in the earth. He is well able to compensate for anything you give up. Get involved in the church, including financially, and make an eternal difference. Why did Jesus come? 1 John 3.8 He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? He came to destroy or to loose people from the works of the devil. The devil is hard at work today. He is the motivation for abortion, homosexuality, and transgenderism, all things which impede the growth of God's family. Speaking of transgenderism, only a deluded person that is, a demonically influenced person 
would counsel a person to destroy all hope of ever parenting children of their own. Obviously, the devil is active and thriving in his destructive works. Now, Jesus is in heaven and the devil is on earth. Therefore, Jesus is depending on his body, the church, to continue the work of loosing people from the works of the devil. That's my job and your job. God has called us for this purpose also, to complete Jesus' work. Find a church, get involved, create a legacy, and make an eternal difference. Jesus asked in Luke 18:8, When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Friend, if you are not sure if you are saved, you can be sure. You can change or ensure your eternal destiny by repenting. That means turning toward God and declaring it with your mouth. Just pray along with me. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. He was crucified for my transgressions. He was buried, and God raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed this from your heart, your eternal destiny is in heaven. Awake is an outreach of Bill Backaby Ministries and the Word of Grace Church, a 501c3 organization. Again, our goal here at Awake is to help ensure that Jesus will find faith on the earth when he returns. Help us by telling your friends and relatives and neighbors, saved and unsaved, to join us on Awake.